Gifts and talents and abilities that are on the inside of your people. Taking that everything that was dormant, everything that was stale.
impartation this morning. Somebody shout, ever grow. Say, it is the will of God that I keep growing. Amen. It is the will of God that I keep growing. Amen. Isn't that the truth? We realize that it is the will of God, but as we're going to talk about, does the will of God have your intentionality? Oh, come on. Tell your neighbor. Say, neighbor. The will of God for your life must be matched with your intentionality. Intentionality means that my will is fully engaged. Oh, God. My will is fully engaged with God's will. That's what that intentionality means. Fully engaged. Amen. Anybody else all in? Amen. Have y'all, anybody figured out that there's nothing else worth living for other than the will of God? Y'all figured that out yet? Tell somebody anything else is going to wear you out. Anything else, anything other than the will of God. Come on, resisting is futile. When you've been bought with a price, resisting is futile. Anything else is going to wear you out. Amen? So I'm, I'm hoping, I'm praying that called people have truly surrendered to the will of God. Because anything else will dust your britches. Because my tell let me learn you something. As the old folks say, let me learn you something. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if we just got too far or too old. But I, I don't know about you, but I don't have any time for missing God. Amen. Wandering, wandering can be costly in this season. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Wandering can be costly in this season. Now why? Because there's a whole other level of demon that's been loosed on the earth. To wear out the saints. We're in Revelations right now in our Bible study. And the Bible said one of the agendas of the demonic realm is to wear out the saints. Anybody ever read that? Wearing out the saints. Amen. So you have to be intentional about always being in a growth pattern. Never getting stagnant anywhere. Never allowing. Don't put it. Tell somebody. Don't put it in part. Amen. Whatever you do, don't put it in part. And if you're going to continue to grow, you have to do so intentionally. Amen. So our lesson today, Evergrow, ensuring your ongoing personal development. Y'all got that? Now write this down. Aging is inevitable. Y'all notice that? Look around this room and all the people I love are green. <laughs> Including me. Y'all remember when our hair used to be all black? <laughs> and that's proof. Somebody shout, aging is inevitable. Look at somebody shout, it's going down. <laughs> but growth is always optional. If you're going to grow, you have to exercise the option to always be in a growth mode. Ask somebody, are you in a growth mode? Now, you cannot accidentally be in a growth mode. You have to very intentionally be about your own growth. But in order to recognize your need for growth, you have to recognize where there are opportunities to do so. 
Amen? So I want you to ask yourself, do I know where I need to grow? Now, the reason that's important is because, as we said before, some of us like to trivialize seasons. Am I in a new season? Amen? But as we said before about seasons, the purpose of a season is to grow something. Hello, somebody. Mater season is to grow maters. Tater season is to grow taters. So every season, say every season, something's supposed to grow. Or something's supposed to die. So every season, you're either, hello, somebody, every season, you're either cultivating something or killing something. Oh, God. Actually, which one are you in? In every season, you are either cultivating something, oh, my God, or you are killing something. Tell somebody, something needs to die in you right now. Oh, come on, tell somebody, something needs to die in you right now. Look at somebody, tell me, you are not all together. There is something in you that needs to die right now. It's dangerous. If you, if you don't know what it is, it's dangerous for you not to know. Amen? So every season is about growth. Every season is about death. And death is a necessary part of growth. Isn't that right? That's why storms are so vital. Oh, my God. Anybody now bless the storms you go through? Oh, my God. Oh, come on, somebody. Because if you notice, by the time you make it to the other side of the storm, look at somebody tell them, all oh, the dead stuff is gone. Hey, my God, everything that couldn't go with me into that dimension God has shown me has been blown away. Amen? So aging is inevitable, but growth is optional. Number next, your development, development is the process of growth. Which means there is no growth without a process. Say it with me. There is no growth without a process. You know, I listen to leaders say, you know, I'm trying to do better. Or I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. And I always ask them, show me your tools. Be like if I invited somebody to my house to fix the plumbing and they ain't got no tackle, no toolbox. They're going to fix the plumbing and without tools. Can you fix the plumbing without tools? Tell somebody, show me your tools. That's why and there are many people right there. Watch this now. Uh, passive, passivity. Passivity. Uh, uh, yeah, hiding behind spirituality. I'm working on me. Ask somebody, show me your tools. Are you really working on yourself without tools? No. Where are your tools? If you say you're working on yourself and your idea of working on yourself is getting older, tell my that ain't working. Where, where are your, where are your tools that say that you are working on your, where are, the, where are your tools that say that you are working on yourself? Where, what evidence do you have that you don't know it all? Come on, somebody. All of us should have evidence in our lives right now that we don't know it all. Somebody shout, I don't know it all. And my training material is the evidence. Where are your tools? Because growth is a what? It is a process. Isn't that right? You know, think about from the time that a woman conceives a child to the time she births a child. What goes on? A what? Process. Somebody shout, growth is a process. So this glib, I'm, work, I'm working on me, right? 
I'm the first one to acknowledge my issues. Well, acknowledgement is not enough. I'm going to say this again. Acknowledging your issues is not enough. Are you addressing them? To acknowledge your issues and to be actively addressing them to the degree that you want to grow, evolve, and change are two different things. Ask somebody, are you addressing them? Y'all got that? Because sometimes, I mean, I, I'm the first one to acknowledge my issues. Me and you ain't doing nothing about it. You just don't want us to say nothing about it. Oh, God help me. That's a conversation stopper. <laughs> oh, come on, somebody. Look at my time. That's a wall. That's called, def that's a defense tactic. Oh, come on, somebody. Acknowledging your issues and addressing them are two different things. Y'all got that? Are you trying to grow? Ask your neighbor, do you really want to grow? Now, it's not your mouth, it's your tools that tell me you want to grow. What are you learning that you did not know before? Okay? How has your atmosphere shifted to accommodate your growth? Hello, somebody. You can't grow in the darkness. Have you at least stepped into the light? Oh, come on. Tell somebody growth is atmospheric. There are certain things, there are certain things that literally, there's a part of your growth that has to do with the atmosphere you're in. Oh, come on, somebody. You growing a prophet, you need to be in a prophetic atmosphere. You growing a teacher, you need to be in a teaching atmosphere. Isn't that right? You growing a wife, you shouldn't have all these single friends. You growing a husband, you don't need a bunch of homeboys you hang out with. You need some husbands around you. Why? Because whatever you're growing in, your atmosphere should be full of. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm going to say that again. Say, whatever I'm growing in, my atmosphere should be full of. It's like people that comically believe that they're going to help weak people by staying around them all the time. You fooling yourself. You fooling yourself. You understand that? You got to make sure that you stack your atmosphere. Tell somebody, stack the deck in your favor. So you got to stack your, your atmosphere with what you are growing in. Y'all understand that, believers? Because growth is, in, it, it's, is a result of intentional behavior. Somebody shout, it's a process. Somebody shout, it's an atmosphere. Here's something else. It's an attitude. In order to grow, you have to, you have to acknowledge something. What do you have to acknowledge? Somebody shout, I need to grow, right? I, I only know what I know. Oh, come on, somebody. All right? I can only do what I'm able to do. So I have to increase my skill. Y'all got that? Unless you increase your skill, you keep your stress. Oh, God, help me. Why you make, you make everything look so easy? No, this is how life is without stress. Hello, somebody. If you have stress in your life, okay, relational stress, stress about money, stress about anything, it's because of what you lack. It's not because of every, oh my God. Listen to my term, it's not because of the stuff in your life. Here's something else. The people in your life is not, are not stressing you out. It's you not knowing how to deal with them. Oh my God. Just like you need more skill. You need more skill. You need more 
more people skills. You need more discernment. You need to you need to see, see first to understand and then be understood. Stephen Covey, right? So the somebody shout it's not them. It's my skill level. Oh God. Stress is the result of not having enough enough skill, enough structure. Come on, somebody. Or the right system. Systems, structure, or skill. Are y'all hearing what I'm telling you right now? Listen, I'm telling you, your life should not be stressful at all. Now, why? Because all God wants you to do is the possible, and he wants you to leave the impossible up to him. Ask somebody, what is so hard about that? Y'all got that, believers? But we have to grow to understand that. And we have to grow to really embrace the reality that I cannot do the part God's supposed to do. Anybody got that yet? Say it with me. I cannot do the part God has to do. But I must do the part God told me to do. What do you mean by that? Handle your responsibility and cast your cares. Do everything you can about everything you're actually responsible for. And cast your cares. This is where you trust. Y'all got that? This is where you learn to trust. Trust deepens. You understand that, believers? Sometimes that's what's growing. You have to develop your trust. And whenever God wants you to develop trust, that's what the season is about. Then what he does, he starts going through your life, kicking over all the canes and crutches and props. And God tells my God, make sure you get dropped. In order to kick all the crutches and codependencies out from underneath your life, God makes sure you get dropped. Somebody who was dependable is not going to be so much this season. And God made sure of it so that you will learn to trust him on another level. Somebody shout, this is my growth. Now, the moment you start talking about, oh, they acting funny and see, this is why I don't draw close. You're missing the whole point. You're missing the whole point. Tell somebody, if you blame, you don't change. Don't blame people because God turned their heart away from you. Y'all got that? If you blame, you don't change. You don't change, you don't grow. If you don't grow, it'll show up in your emotions. You understand that? So development is the process of growth. Now, growth should always be taken personally. Somebody shout, this is personal. Now, not from a destructive level, but from a personal level. You know, I was talking to somebody and I was telling them because I, I watch people wander all over the place trying to find something other than where they are and, and enjoy, learn to be content where they are, right? And one of the things I said to them because they were complaining about not growing in the church. Like, it ain't the church's responsibility to grow you. The body edifies itself in love as each joint supplies. Which means when you engage the church, you're supposed to engage as a supplier, not a consumer. Now, tell somebody, go home and grow. I grew more, I grow more at home than I ever do at church. Study the show. Somebody shout, it's on you. Why do I need a pastor, right? Uh, covering, yes. correction, yes. protection, yes. right? But the reality of it is, most of your growth should happen on your own. Yes. 
I ain't growing there. Well, you're not sowing there either. What? Hello? I ain't growing there. Now, that, that got nothing to do, right? Growth is always optional. You understand that? You realize I had a guy, oh, the pastor only, literally last week, they only teach 15 minutes, right? Those are the most 15, important 15 minutes of your week. Take what they say at home and do a more inductive study. Oh, come on, tell somebody, it's your job to go deep. Come on, somebody. It's your job to dig deeper. Y'all got that? It's your job to dig deeper. So you go home and study the Greek and the Hebrew. Come on, you go home and exegete and isegete and all this, right? You go home and do all that. If you want to grow, you will. Come on, somebody. Run cross-references. Cross See how what he said from the Old Testament matches something in the New Testament. Study the original Hebrew on it. Come on, get down in there. That's your job. And when everybody comes to the house of God, you come as a contributor, not a consumer. You understand that, believers? Matter of fact, you know what would happen? Somebody shout, I reap what I sow. My experience is the more people you endeavor to help grow, you'll find that you're always getting the help you need to grow. See that? So growth should always be taken personally. Somebody shout, I'm taking my growth personally. Now, here's another part of growth leaders need to understand. 1 Timothy 4.15. Be diligent in these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy progress may be manifest unto all. Somebody shout, everybody, everybody. should see me making progress. Now, you know what he's talking about here? Even though growth is personal, it has an impact upon the faith community that you are, oh my God, that you, have, that you are a part of. Come on, somebody. Why? Because, number one, a fundamental part of the progress of others is that they observe you making progress. That's it. Anybody wanted to do better because you saw somebody doing well? Yeah. Exactly. So that, there's a fundamental part of the community, the collective of us, the body, moving forth in progress that is highly predicated upon you taking growth personally. Y'all got that? You growing should provoke people to grow. Oh my God. Because they're watching your life go, I will not be left behind. Isn't that right? Now that's why it's for some of us, right? This is why, this is why we ought to take, as a leader, you ought to take modeling growth very seriously. Why? Because if you're a leader, you have influence. And that means that people under your influence, watch it now, are being taught something even when you're not teaching a lesson. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Tell somebody, show people how to constantly make progress. Yes. You show them. And that means that you have to take it upon yourself to always be consistently making progress because somebody shout, my personal behavior is affecting the climate. Look at two people tell me this is a grow house. Anybody ever seen a grow house? All the little bushes grow together. They about the same size. You notice that? Now why? Why is it now? Because one is affecting all the others. Y'all got that? Anybody ever notice that if a rotten pear touches a, a, a whole pear, what happens? 
that tells my rottenness spread too. So if you stay rotten, then you spread rottenness. But if you decide growth, if you decide progress, if you decide advancement, if you decide that I'm going to flourish in life, somebody shout, it's a ripple effect. Come on, your, your behavior becomes a pebble in a pond. It has a ripple effect that begins to, uh, it begins to mess with everything. Nobody wants to stay the same because they're around you. The way you do things ought to make people want to change, grow, and evolve. Somebody shout, this pressure. Your life should be putting pressure on the people around you. And not because you're telling them they need to get better or do better. But because they see you just keep doing better and better. Oh, God. Y'all understand that? So a fundamental part of the progress of others is that they observe you making progress. Number two, progressive cultures are created by progressive people. Simple as that. And y'all realize that one of the things, I mean, think about this. In the last two weeks, we've had about 10 people join this church. Okay, in the last two weeks alone. That's a lot of people. That is not a light thing. That people are just constantly coming and joining this church, right? You know what I know for a fact? I know for a fact that many people that connect to this house, they connect because they see progress. And I'm talking about the progress of a people. There, you know, I was telling somebody about this yesterday, that one of the most important evidences or witnesses or, or, or advertisements of a church is transform lives. They're watching all of you, right, with the anointing on your life, with the grace on your life. They're watching your marriages stay together. They're watching your mindset change. They're watching you be elevated. They're watching the whole of your life take on new overturns, overtones. Y'all got that? And it makes them curious. Somebody shout, my growth inspires curiosity. So they become, they watching you and say, okay, where are you going? And then they begin connecting to where obviously something is happening that's affecting your life spiritually. And from your spiritual life, the rest of your life is evolving. Somebody shout, everything starts in the spirit. Y'all understand that? You don't even have to tell them to come to church. Because they see the, they, oh my God, because they're looking at the result of what it is that you are a part of. Y'all got that? Does that make sense, believers? All right. So progressive cultures are created by progressive people. To fail to progress personally is to hinder the progress of the collective. Right. Hello, somebody. Look, somebody tell me, your apathy has consequences. Oh, come on, tell somebody, your apathy has consequences. Your stagnancy has consequences. Your complaining and being negative has consequences. You never moving and evolving has consequences that go far beyond you. But you know, many of us are not aware of how our attitude is affecting other people. You understand that? So many of us, this is how you know you're selfish. Because you cannot see beyond yourself. All right, how do, you, how do you identify a selfish person? Because a selfish person is only concerned about how things affect them personally. Yes. Right. Yes. That's it. Right. A selfish person cannot, they can, you know what a selfish person cannot do? They cannot put themselves in the shoes of another person. Right. Y'all understand that? Right. A selfish person, their life is defined by how they feel, not what they believe. How they feel. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Somebody shout to just your walk by faith. Look somebody tell me, your feelings don't matter in the economy of God. Come on, tell somebody, your feelings don't matter in the economy. Your faith matters to God. Your feelings don't matter 
said faith pleases God. So what matters is are you acting on what you believe or are you acting on what you feel? Selfish people want everybody to capitulate to their feelings. And that's how you know you're selfish. Because you want the whole world of being to accommodate your emotions. That's good. Y'all got that? But you know what growth means? Somebody shout, it's not about me. And that's not just lip service. You can see it. You know what I was thanking God for this morning? This is honestly good, it's true, right? I got up this morning and my, what I was expressing gratitude for today, today's gratitude, right? Is that everybody in my family serves other people. <laughs> I can go to heaven now. I ain't got to build another building. I ain't got to take another nation. If I, can, if I can live in such a way that inspired my whole family to serve God by serving others, oh, we, we good. Right. What else is it after that? Y'all got that? If your faith don't affect your family, I would question it. Come on, somebody. You understand that? So for me, that's, that's the thing to be grateful for is that watching my family meet the needs of people. Mm. That, that's, that thing blessed me. Yes. Y'all got that? Yes. All right. No one else. I just turned my slides off. <laughs> All right. So everybody, say everybody. Everybody. To see my progress. To see my progress. Now, so God's will for us. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You want to go there? Not it's up here if you can read it. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable. What's the next two words? What what does always mean? season of my life should look like I built on the last season of my life. That's good. Every season of my life. Somebody shout compounding interest. I wish I had some people that understood the power of compounding interest in this room. Somebody shout compounding. Somebody shout my efforts are multiplying. Oh come on somebody. Every season I'm building upon the last season of effectiveness. Y'all got that? Always abounding. Now, anytime I look at the word of God and I see a directive or a dynamic that I don't see in my life, what do I got to check? My life. Tell somebody, my life. Because this is the will of somebody. Shout, this is the will of God concerning me. Always abounding. You understand? Always abounding. That's, it says exactly what it meant. It's always abounding. Y'all got that? In the work of the Lord. For as much as you know your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Y'all got that? So notice, watch it now. Notice that when you are aware, oh my God. When you are aware 
of what your persistency and consistency means to God, you're not likely to move out of that pattern. It's not in vain in the Lord. Y'all got that? God keeps record of your sacrifices. God keeps record of your service. Somebody shout, it's rewardable. God takes note. You know, there's some time that my prayer, this is how I pray. Lord, remember me and my family for how we have served your people. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. Isn't that how Nehemiah prayed? Yeah. Nehemiah said, Lord, remember me for how I have been toward this people. Y'all yeah. got that? Yeah. Remind him. Y'all yeah. got that? So number one, God's will must be matched with our intentionality. God wills that I abound, but am I being intentional about always abounding? Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. God Say, God wills that I abound. But am I being intentional about abounding? Somebody shout upward mobility. Somebody shout increase in my capacity. Ask somebody, has your capacity increased since your last argument with a silly person? Hello, somebody. There's some arguments you all not want to have now. Tell somebody, there's some, there's some fights you might not, you don't even want to enter into now. You, because somebody shout, I'm fighting the battles that matter now. And that's, that's a revelation. Another revelation, write this down. Another revelation of your growth is that you're real selective about the battles that you enter into. Dumb people will battle anything. You'll fight over a post about you. You dumb. It's subliminal. Well, you on the wrong frequency of you busy. Hello, isn't it amazing that you on the frequency where you pick up subliminal messages by messy people, but you ain't on God's frequency where you can hear about the next season of your life. Isn't it, isn't it sad that you can discern silly but not spirit? <laughs> Tell my sad, sad, sad. So if you picking all that up, you on the wrong frequency. Y'all understand that? And I'm telling you right now, when you're in the right frequency, it's almost as if you're naive to what's going on with man. Like, oh, that was against me? Chaplain, I would have never known had you not said something. Look at my tongue, because I don't do relationship on that level. Oh, you're going to do relationship with me, you got to come up to where people are honored. Hey, my God. You got to come up to where respect is. I don't do relationship on that level. The level at which you do a relationship will bless you or burden you. Oh, God, who am I talking to? I'm going to say that again. The level, ask somebody, what level are you willing to do relationship at? That makes sense? Today somebody inboxed me something that was negative concerning a minister, right? Dealey, Dealey, I'm not, you may be right. I'm just not willing to do relationship on that level. I didn't, I didn't even open it. I saw the tongue like, nope, not for me. Could you just be messy about somebody that's being intentional to live their life for God? Now, I'm not willing. Say, I'm not willing to do relationship on that level. Y'all got that? Because the level at which you are willing to do relationship shows your growth. That's what reveals whether you're growing or not. Y'all got that, believers? All right, so watch this now. So God's will must be matched with my intentionality. Number two, be ye. He said, be ye steadfast. 
So be ye always suggest the assistance of the Holy Ghost. God never tells you to be anything that the Holy Spirit will not help you be. Oh my God, help me. And, and God say, God wants me living in a progressive mode. Come on, say it again. God wants me living in a progressive mode. Right? What did he tell Adam and Eve in the beginning? Be what? And what? And do what? Is that, is that a progressive mode or is that stagnancy? Where is the complacency in that command? Oh, God. God wants me to live in a progressive mode. Y'all got that? You are stuck because of what you meditate on. Hello? I'm a, you are stuck. If you ever find yourself stuck, check what you have been meditating upon. Because what? It, oh my God! Ain't nothing going right for me. Why everybody blessed except me? Where's my Boaz? All right, that's why you stuck right there. You are stuck because of what you've been meditating on. Hello, somebody. I'm gonna tell you one way to make sure that you never have cobwebs in your life. Get up with gratitude. Get up. No, just like get up and get up. Isn't that right? Yes. Tell God what you're, come on, tell somebody, tell God what you're grateful for. Tell somebody else, tell God what you are grateful for. Tell God what, in all things give thanks, but this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Elbow somebody, tell them whatever you're grateful for multiplies in your life. Come on, elbow somebody, tell them whatever you're grateful for multiplies in your life. Whatever you're grateful for multiplies. Whatever you wanted the Israelites to go into the promised land. Somebody shout, that was the promise. But they kept complaining. But God still wanted them to go, what? Into the promised land. But they kept complaining. And God still wanted them to go into the promised land. But they kept complaining. So the promised land left them. Whatever you complain about enough will eventually leave your life. But that was the promise of God. Yeah. But you can circumvent the promise with your complaint. Was God playing with them about going to the land? He was serious. But they don't understand how much God hates complaining. Come on, tell your neighbor, you need to understand how much God hates complaining. Tell somebody else, you need to understand how much God hates complaining. Complaining can alter your destiny. Y'all don't believe it. Complaining can alter your destiny. Y'all got that, believers? He wanted them to go into the promised land. But they what? They kept complaining. And eventually, eventually, you, whatever you complain about enough, it, it eventually finds a way to leave your life. Y'all got that? In all things, give thanks. In, not for. Hello, somebody. Hello, in, somebody shout in, yeah. not, for. not for. Nobody's thankful for sickness, but if I'm in this sickness and I found God to be a healer,
thankful for loss. But I realized in loss that I trusted you more than what I had. Somebody said, in all things, give thanks. Not for, in. Does that make sense? There is a difference. In all things, all right? The work. He says, the work of the Lord. So that denotes what God will always support. You understand that? Uh, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God will always support me in doing God's will. <sighs> now watch this now. So if you don't have God's support, I got one question for you. Do you know God's will? You cannot be doing God's will without God's support. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be doing God's will without God's support. Anybody figure that out yet? Amen? Number next. A leader's most important intelligence is. All right? You're going to continue to grow. You've got to be intelligent. These are the most important intelligences. Interpersonal intelligence. Right? What is interpersonal intelligence? Anybody? Come on, Sonia. What is it? Huh? Between me and other people. Somebody shout. The, the interaction between me and other people. That's what interpersonal intelligence is all about. Now, by the way. It's the highest paid and most respected of all intelligences. Hello, somebody. Y'all got that? You know that's true, right? That's why y'all gave Oprah so much money, because she knew how to talk to you. That's why y'all gave Dr. Phil so much money, because he knew how to talk to you and get y'all to talk to each other. That's why y'all blessed that witch, Ayana, because she knew how to talk to you and talk. Never mind, never mind. All right, number one. Excellence in relating with and engaging many different personality types. Somebody shout, this, oh my God. Somebody shout, this is an intelligence. Come on, somebody. Your ignorance is revealed in who you can't deal with. says more about your capacity than it does their reality. Because if I'm going to be an able minister of the gospel, I can't be able to deal with anybody in any condition. Paul said, I, I became what? To what? That what? By all possible means. I may what? Tell somebody, stay on mission. If I understand my assignment in people's life, then I will adjust myself to be able to accommodate the needs of the person that's before me right now. Look, somebody tell me you got to be mature to adjust. Why? Mature people know they don't lose anything by adjusting. Hello? Anybody leading people realize you can't lead everybody the same way? Look, somebody tell me I'm flexing for you right now. I'm being a certain way because I'm dealing with a certain person. Oh, my God, help me. You cannot lead two people the same way. They don't need the same. People don't need the same. Tell me, people don't need the same things from you. So interpersonal intelligence is understanding that, right, and being more discerning so that you can be adaptive so that you can be effective. Y'all did not hear what I said. Somebody shout discerning. Adaptive, effective. Y'all got that? And before you know it, you'll be able to deal with anybody on any level of life, any spectrum of life. 
You be so full of this. I'm telling you, you be so good at this, gay people don't bother you no more. Because you're looking at a soul. You're looking at the assignment. And you're not looking at somebody's struggle with their identity. And because you know your identity, you're so confident to engage them that you don't need them to change in order to feel comfortable just so you will engage them. That's, like, that's what growth looks like right there. Y'all got that? Now I'm going to ask you a question. You know, you're a man. Would you sit down for lunch with a gay man dressed like a woman if you knew it was a mission God gave you to win the Christ? so many people that were in a lifestyle broken off their lives through my ministry. Just this reason. I ain't intimidated by nobody's sin. Y'all got, got that? Does, that? does that make sense? And here's what I'll tell you, right? Well, why many of us like to ostracize people for outward appearances. I've dealt with people in this church that you never knew were struggling with same sex because they wouldn't tell you. But they told me. You don't hear what I just said. They would never tell you. Y'all understand that? And they were transformed. Come on, somebody shout, eventually. Now, why? Because the longer it been with you, it, it takes some time. It takes, it takes somebody loving you in season and out of season. It takes some persistency. It takes some accountability. Somebody shout, it's a process. Because it's deep-rooted in them, and it goes all the way back down to the first remembrances of themselves. All right, And the longer it been with you, the harder it is to get out. Number two, interpersonal intelligence. The ability to discern quickly the best way to impact or engage varied individuals. Y'all got that? Able to discern quickly how I need to engage you. Y'all got that? Not offended by anybody. Not offended by how people present themselves. Matter of fact, I'm more offended by religious people than I am sinners any day of the week. They get on my nerves. Religious people get on my nerves. They get on my nerves. Hello, somebody. I, they get on my nerves. I like dealing with people that know they got problems. Y'all got that? These great, look at somebody tell me, that's some great pretenders in the church. Great pretenders. That's who get on my nerves. Come on, somebody. Point fingers at the same thing you know you're struggling with, and you point fingers at other people. The great pretender. That's what get on my nerves. Number three, acumen in relational adaptation. Say relational adaptation. That's what Paul said. I became. I, somebody shout, I became. I became. 
Y'all got that? I'm making the adjustments so that I can perfect the engagement. Y'all got that? Does that make sense to you? Number next. The next of the great intelligences. Intrapersonal intelligence. What is that? My ability to assess and know myself. My ability to be honest about my inward condition. Somebody shout, I actually see me. Oh, God help me. You have to have intrapersonal intelligence. You have to have intrapersonal intelligence to really see yourself. You know, for example, you really could be the architect of most of your deliverances if you could see yourself. Are you intelligent enough to step out of yourself and see what you're doing? Are you intelligent enough to, to separate, your, come on, who you are from what you're doing? Go, wait a minute, is that good for me? Is this way of thinking good for me? You are able to examine your thoughts to see if it's good for you. You're able to look at your spiritual life and see if you're being intense enough through this intelligence. Somebody say, I know me if I don't know nobody else. Now, I know what I like. I know what I don't like. You understand that? Then there is no convincing me otherwise. Y'all got that? I know what I'm susceptible to. I know what I'm not susceptible. I know what I'm strong in. I know what I'm weak in. That's called intrapersonal intelligence. Y'all got that? It's keenness and self-awareness. Look at my child, I'm aware of me. I'm aware. Now you know why this is important? Because you cannot be a good steward of your influence if you are not aware of you. If you are not aware of you, then you don't even know how you're affecting people. We can, we're never gonna get to the inter until you perfect the intra. So you have to be aware of you to know how you're affecting people. You know, I made this statement recently. Do you, is it good, are you good for people? Or, hello, is it, a, is it a health hazard just being around you? Some of us are a health hazard to the emotional well-being of other people. Why? You always bothered about something. And you know what I found out about bothered people? They can't wait until they can get something to bother you with. Look at somebody tell them that ain't normal. Position and demeanor and the makeup is supposed to be peace. Yes. It ain't normal to something wrong with you if you always bother about stuff. Yes. Something is wrong with you. <laughs> but you're not intelligent enough to know it. You haven't developed a kind of intelligence. Well, you can step out of it and go, you know what, I'm toxic as hell. Anytime you get mad at the people trying to help you, you are toxic. You just ain't intelligent enough to know it. And then what I want to understand, ask somebody, how you get an attitude with a volunteer? 
just ain't intelligent enough to know it. There are some people that are so nice that if there's a problem with them, I know it's you. I'm like, how in the world you mess up Mother Mary? Mary! I know it's you. I don't even need a meeting. I know it's you. You done, you done, you done got underneath Mother Mary's skin. not intelligent enough to know it. Somebody shout, it takes intelligence. There, you have to have a keen self-awareness. Does that make sense? You know, I was dealing with a new wife the other day, right, and she is you know, doing everything she can to try to conform this new husband to her image and likeness. In my typically short fashion, why don't you just focus on being a good wife? That was the end of that trail. Literally, that was the end of the conversation. You would have to sow the person you want to see the relationship evolve into. Oh, 
calories. But it's eat. But remember, when you're selfish, all you can be focused on is what you should have, what you deserve, and what you ain't getting tired. That's how you know you're selfish. Because you can't see the bigger picture of how to change the context of a relationship. You want something you don't have the capacity for. I'm going to say that again. You want something you don't have the capacity for. You want a better relationship than your ability to relate. In order to improve your relationship, you have to improve your relatability. Oh, and it got quiet up in here. <laughs> in order to improve your relationships, you have to improve your relatability. Who does that put the ownership on? Me. Me. Somebody shout, I got to get better at this. Come on, somebody shout, I got to get better at this. Say it again, I got to get better at this. Now, how do I know it's me? Because they keep changing and I'm the same fool acting the same way. <laughs> the days keep changing and I'm still having the same experiences. That means it's me. <sighs> the ability to make accurate assessments and necessary adjustments in oneself. That's interpersonal intelligence. The ability to make accurate assessments and necessary adjustments. Where? All the adjustments need to take place in me. So I can send a better person into my world. Your world is not going to change and accommodate you until it gets a better version of you. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Tell somebody your world ain't getting no better unless you do. Unless your world get a better version of you, it will get no better for you. Your world will serve you when it's clear you came to serve your world. Y'all got that? That's how it works. Now you can either take it through instruction, hello, you can take it through instruction, which is where you get it here, or you can let pain be your instructor. <laughs> Ask somebody, which one you want? Hello? You either get it by mentorship and development, or you get it through pain. I'm trying to save you from a whole lot of trouble. Tell somebody, this can cut your learning curve right here. Come on, tell somebody, this conversation can expedite some things in your prophetic future right here. If you can entertain it as someone who wants to grow. And you know good and well you're tired of being that way anyway. Because if you're getting on anybody's nerves, you know you're really on yours. <laughs> That's why, like, right, when people are, like, really being aggy, right, really getting on your nerve, just know they have it much worse within themselves. See, and when you understand that, your knee-jerk reaction is either compassion or pity, but never offense. Because I'm like, if you're being like this to me, oh my God, what hell, you must be going through with me. Now, what you will, tell somebody what you must do. Don't add to their injury. I ain't giving you nothing to work with. Hello, somebody. You ain't going to be saying I'm part of what hurt you. 
ain't giving you nothing to work with. Y'all got that? Number three, to be aware of one's true internal self, including your abilities, your proclivities, your weaknesses, and your limitations. Ask somebody, is that you? Ask somebody, do you know you like that? Now, if you know your weaknesses, if you know your weaknesses, whoever's right up around you should not have the same ones. That's my friend, though. Well, an accomplice is not necessarily a friend. Robin Banks together don't make y'all close. Hello? Do you know your abilities? Do you know your proclivities? Do you know your weaknesses? Do you know your limitations? Y'all got that? There are some things, you tell somebody, there are some things you're never going to be good at. So here's the word of the Lord for you. Quit! I know what I'm not good at, right? So I don't do it at all. Right? That's another key to personal momentum and growth and advancement is I don't do anything I'm not good at, really good at, right? All right? Every season of my life, I look at what I'm doing and I say, what am I now not going to do anymore? Hello, somebody. Hello. I don't start anything to run it. I don't start anything to run it. I figured out that I'm good at building. See, I'm willing to go through all of the little tedious stuff that most people won't, aren't willing to work through to get it there. I'm not going to run it. I'm a builder. I'm going to advance it. I'm going to create that model, that scale. I'm a pioneer, right? Somebody else got to run it. Oh, Anybody know what I'm telling you right now? Tell somebody, you got to know yourself. In order to truly be yourself, you got to know yourself and quit apologizing for what you were never built for. Y'all got that? Put people around you that are real caring about things you don't care about at all. And let them do what they do. Y'all got that? You know, I build a million dollar building, I don't care what color it is. I'm like, y'all, whatever, keep it clean. I don't care what color it is. Keep it clean and organized. Make sure the exit lights are working and egress is not blocked. I'm concerned about the, the things that keep us in business and, and limit risk. I don't care what color it is. Y'all argue about that. Should we put this here? I don't care. Is it clean? Is it, is it broken? I don't care about is it in repair. Talk about that. You got to tell somebody you got to know yourself in order to be yourself. But apologizing for skill you don't have, ability you don't have. You understand that? Staff, listen, 
Set yourself up for success. Come on, somebody. Set yourself up for success. You understand that? Move all the barriers to, to being the best version of yourself. This is why I put a gym in my house. There ain't no going, there ain't no packing a bag and driving across town. No, no, no. Right outside my door, right up there. Look at it. You got to come out the house and look at it. It's right there. Hello? Come right out the door and look at it. The gym staring at you and you staring at it. And the gym look at you and go, now you know. <laughs> come on, tell my set yourself up for success. Does that make sense? Yes. You know, it should be. But those of you that are trying to be more healthy, right? You should have no unhealthy food in your house. You doing the shopping. Now when you go out, tell my eat the cake and shut up. I mean, just eat the cake and shut up. But don't take it home. We literally, we literally had a pound cake this thick that was about three quarters. Literally just threw it in the garbage. It, it was, somebody blessed us with it, right? Every time you walk in the kitchen, that pound cake said, Psst. Um, you going in the trash. You put it, you going in the trash. You going in the trash. You working, you anti-ass. You anti-ass. Y'all know it's true. You went in the kitchen for water. How you come out with pound cake? Isn't that right? Tell somebody, set yourself up for success. Y'all got that? And if you know that's a weakness, don't bring it home. Pretty simple. Look, somebody tell me, it's not about perfection. It's about intentionality. Come on, tell your new neighbor. Say, new neighbor, it's not about perfection. It's about intentionality. Set yourself up for success. Y'all got that? All right. You really want to lose weight. Let me help y'all. You really want to lose weight, quit buying, quit buying bigger clothes. See that? You know, and I'm watching 
Some of you are so busy doing so much, you really don't have time to grow. Look at somebody tell them, busy is bad if it makes you unhealthy. Y'all understand that? You know what I reserve the right to do as president of Manifestations Worldwide? You know what I reserve the right to do? Slow it all down. I can slow this whole organization down whenever I want to. Because I will never let this thing move so fast it makes me unhealthy. Hello. Hello. I ain't want to do this, remember? So if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. No, I mean well. Me being well. Me being healthy. So I'm willing to slow it all down to make sure it doesn't become too burdensome, too cumbersome, or unhealthy. I don't want my ministry to be unhealthy for me or you. Does that make sense? Write this down. Sometimes less is better. Sometimes less is better. You understand that? Some of us have a lust for more that doesn't come from God. I said, some of us, somebody shout, some of us have a lust for more that doesn't come from God. Where does it come from? Ego. Ego. Sometimes the more comes from ego. Or it comes from comparison. Or it comes from competition. But it doesn't come from God. God doesn't want you to have more if more makes you unhealthy. Y'all got that? All right. Number next. There's only so much I can deal with before I am good for no one else. Anybody ever figured that out? Yes. Come on, I'm, I'm being serious, man. Yes. You really have to be intelligent enough to know when you've hit your limit. Right. Amen. I'm going to show y'all what this looks like, right? So I have a quota on how many problems I will solve during the day. And when I hit that quota that I feel in my soul, I'm like, oh, that's it. Your problem got to wait till tomorrow. <laughs> Last time I checked, there are about eight pastors here, eight elders. Look at all these leaders. Surely, somebody else can help you with this. What are we doing here if I'm the only one can help you? Y'all got that? Tell somebody, don't let ministry kill you. There's a way to do this that will damage you. And I don't know about you, but I want to arrive to God with no damage. Hello. I want to be done. Hello, somebody. I want to be done. Not trashed. All right. There are activities that God will never give you more grace for. Oh my God, tell somebody, you know what it is. There are activities that God will not give you any more grace for, such as expired activities. That's some stuff you used to do, God don't want you doing no more. Tell somebody, no grace in that place. You understand that? Activities. People will gladly drag you into stuff and got nothing to do with you. You got to be discerning. Because again, if you want to be 
healthy, if you want to keep growing, you got to be intentional. And this is the process that intentional people go through. Y'all got that? There are people who will drain me if you allow them to. Tell somebody, set limits. Dealing with people should be a joy, not a drain. The moment a conversation begins to drain you, end it. Y'all know that red thing on the phone that's got the phone on it? That's how you stop a call. Y'all know that? So you hit the green when it start a call, and you hit the red when it stop a call. Y'all know that? The moment it begins to drain you, tell somebody, stop it. If you started it, you can stop it. Y'all got that? Had people like that in my office this week, right? Going on and on. I done gave you instruction now. So I stand up and I walk toward the door. You know what I I love them people. But now, I gave you exactly what I know you need to go do now. All right, we done here. We done here. Y'all got that? We don't need no angels to show up and confirm this word. <laughs> we, we done. Y'all got that? So there are people who will drain me if I allow them to. Say it with me. There are people who will drain me if I allow them to. There, I literally, we had a member of our church, right? That like to send these long. You know, anytime I got to do this. So I had a conversation with him. I said, listen, right? All right, you got my phone number. You got obviously you see I respond to emails and inboxes and all that, right? And I said, don't be sending me. Don't be sending me like page, I gotta scroll pages and stuff to figure out what you're saying. And then this, this same person, like, they like to send me videos. I don't want to see you talking to me like this. Don't, don't send me no videos of you talking to me like this. What are you doing? True story. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. True. I mean, like, one minute, two minute, three, one minute, one minute. What, what, what are you doing here? You're going to make this a five-minute phone call because I can't be doing all this stuff you be doing. There are people who will drain you if you allow them to. Tell somebody, set limits. Set limits. Now, set limits. Limits are a reflection of your perceived value. Right. So you set limits because you value yourself. Look at somebody tell them, I want to last to minister another day. All I'm saying is I want to last at this. I'm not saying that I don't want to hear your redundant stories over and over again. I'm not saying they don't have value. I'm just saying I heard you the first time. Some of us, tell me, some of us get what you said the first time. Exactly. If I do not minister to my well-being, I cannot last in my assignment. Y'all got that? Pretty simple. There's a way to do this that don't work. There's a way to do this that causes hurt and anguish and pain and burnout and all that other kind of stuff that should never be 
a part of your life. I don't know nothing about no burning out and all that. I don't know nothing about that. That got nothing to do with my life. Always abounding. Isn't that right? Somebody shout there's a right and wrong way. All right. Number next. Practicing personal maintenance. So, so here's, this is huge right here. Somebody shout personal maintenance. Write this down. Maintenance is always cheaper than repair. I'd rather God keep it than God fix it. Hello. I'd rather be kept by God than to need to be delivered by God. I'd rather walk in the blessing than to need a miracle money thing. Come on, somebody. So are you practicing study and meditation for self-development and not just for other people? Come on, somebody. You don't realize a lot of stuff, some of, some of the stuff that you give to others is really for you. Tell somebody, don't post it. Personalize it. Oh, my God. Here's a word for somebody. Yeah, you. Because your house struggling. All this you posted, your house struggling with. So take that word home. Does that make sense? Personalize it. Study and meditate for self-development, not just for other people. Keep all emotional accounts current and balanced. Anybody realize that managing your emotions are like managing your checkbook? You got to keep your accounts balanced. You cannot make more withdrawals than you make what? Exactly. And all transaction starts with what? Deposit. If you open a new account, the first transaction is a what? It has to be. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Now you know what happens when your eyes wake up in the morning? When you open your eyes in the morning, you just open a new account. Now here's the question. Is the first thing you're going to do make a deposit or you're going to let somebody take and make a withdrawal? Then now you're wondering why you depleted because when the account opened this morning, it started with a withdrawal instead of a deposit. Now you mad and you hate church people because of your non-sufficient funds. Right. <laughs> I'm tired of everybody! <laughs> because you started with withdrawals instead of deposits. It's you. If you're tired of everybody, it's you. If you're tired of everybody, it's you. You are the problem. Because you make withdrawals. You let others make withdrawals before you made deposits. Y'all got that? That's good. Got it. All right. And you got to keep your accounts current and balanced. Y'all got that? So if you made, if you made $100 in deposits, then you cannot make more than $100 in what? Y'all got that? It's got to be a balance. It's got to be a balance. That makes sense? Pay attention to the people that get aggravated with you wanting to be balanced. Those are your abusers. What if I told you some of the people you call friend are abusers? What you mean you spending time for yourself? Pay attention to the people who are bothered with your balance. Trust my, those are your abusers. I thought you said, I thought you said.
you said you was going to be there for me. Not today. Not today at all. What you doing? Nothing. What did you come over? I just told you I was doing nothing. My wife asked me the other day, I was laying on the couch the other day. She said, what you planning on doing? I said, this. I'm laying on the couch. This right here. What you doing? This. What other than that? This and only this. It's called vegging out. Hello, somebody. I'm, I'm laying right here to all my cells renew. This cell re rejuvenation going on over here. Tell somebody, I'm doing nothing on purpose. And when I'm saying, when I say I'm doing nothing, that don't mean I'm available. Y'all got that? Man, you, I, so Thursday I went to get a 90 minute massage, right? Which I do every two weeks, right? Man, and I put my phone, I normally put my phone on complete silent, but I put it, I took the ringer off and put it on buzz. You ought to heard people buzzing me, right? For that 90 minutes, that I'm like, y'all like, is having a fit. But this is the best massage I think I've ever had in my life. Like, like, a little bit, little bit deeper over there on that arm, right there. Right. Leave nothing unconfessed or un unrepented of. Leave nothing unconfessed or unrepented of. Somebody shout, no baggage. Y'all got that? If you know you need to confess something, know you need to repent something, don't delay. Tell somebody, act today. Practice the presence of God. Do we do that daily? Come on, you're a leader. Do you practice God's presence daily? Daily. Daily. Quit being sometime with God. Quit being sometime with God. Daily renewal. Y'all got that? Daily. Your day, uh, to me, as a leader, your day should always start with God. Always. Without excuse, without exception. Y'all got that? I think it's offensive to the Holy Ghost to go listen to people first and not hear anything he has to say. Read or listen to encouraging material. Ask somebody, where are your tools? Y'all got that? Keep learning. Keep developing yourself. Keep knowing. You only know what you know. Keep, keep, keep doing it. Keep growing. Keep evolving. Keep reading. Y'all got that? Budget. Say budget. Budget your time wisely. Say a little bit earlier, some of us, you do not have time to grow. Because you are noble but not wise. Yeah. What do you mean by that? You, here's your problem. You ready for your problem? You're always there for them. Yeah. And that's how, they get, that's how they get you. They guilt you to get you locked into something that you should break away from. Yes. You're always there for me. Not today, dog. Not today. Number next. Tell my plan your escape. 
Y'all got that? Plan your escape. Does that make sense? You know what it looks like? I love, I love helping people. And I love being around people until the moment I don't. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? You can be in my house, literally, you can be in my house, and I'm like serving you and all, laughing with you, right? All right, I'm tired now, y'all. I ain't say y'all had to go, I'm going to bed. That's rude, no, that's healthy. I'm at my limit. Hello? I'm, at, I'm thinking about how much sleep I need to perform excellently tomorrow. Hello, bye-bye. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm finished here. Does that make sense? Come to your event, right? Oh, we're going to be here at 12, not me. Not I. No, 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 because I got to be up at 6 to meet Jesus. You ain't got nobody to meet in the morning. Oh, Hello. Me and Jesus have a, a standing appointment. See that? You ain't got nobody to meet in the morning. You can be here all night. I can't be doing all this with you. All right. Make your mind rest. <laughs> Tell somebody, make it rest. Make it rest. If you can't make your mind rest, you need deliverance or therapy. Or a little bit of both. I'm say that again. If you cannot make, somebody shout, I'm in control of me. I'm in control of me. How can you be led by the Holy Ghost if you're not in control of you? How can you offer him you if you don't have you? So if you can't make your mind rest, you either need therapy or deliverance. <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> so how do I do that? How do I make my mind rest? Let me give you some practicals. You got to choose trust over worry. Does that make sense? Yes. This is the honest, the goodness, truth as I look at you with your sexy self looking at me with my sexy self. I never worry about my family. I never worry about this ministry. Why? Ask me why. Wow. I trust that God is going to do exactly what I pray. Exactly what I pray. You understand that? You're either going to trust or you're going to worry, but you can't do both. Y'all got that? Either God, either God is God or he's not. Y'all figured that out yet? Either God is God or he's not. All right? Number next. What I just said, get restful sleep. Okay? You should get in the bed before you get tired. Some of y'all like. If you know that your problem is your phone, you need a digital sunset. If your problem is the phone, turn it off two hours before you try to go to sleep. Digital sunset. You need rest for your assignment. Isn't that right? One of the most prophetic things you could do is rest. 
Yeah. As an angel told Elijah, get some rest. Eat. Why? Because the journey is long. Now watch this now. Stress and frustration are the indicators that a mind has taken in more than it has let go. Ask somebody, do you have a process for letting go? You should not keep everything you experience. Tell somebody, don't store it. I'm going to say that. You should not store everything you experience. Let it go. Let it go. Manage your imaginations. Oh, God. Manage your imaginations. Whatever your imaginations are, are they what you want? And if they're not, what are you supposed to do with them? Casting down. That is an active, continual discipline of a person that wants to be emotionally healthy. I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. Say it with me. I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. I refuse that thought in Jesus' name. I can do that. I get to manage my emotions. I get to manage my imaginations. I don't have to, I don't have to let every imagination, right? All, all information creates imaginations. Behind all information is an agenda. Behind all information is a spirit. Hello? Information comes from a personality. Oh God, spirits are personalities. All information comes with an agenda. The agenda is to create imagination because you cannot get to activation without imagination which means all imaginations are trying to govern your behavior this is about getting to a better a worse version of you oh this is about curating a worse version of you and that's why that imagination comes is to create a worse version of you That's why when God said, I want you to uh, be not conformed to the world, he said, be what? By what? Oh, because as a man thinking, God's after your imaginations. Whatsoever is lovely, virtuous. God's telling you what to think on. Why? Because he's after your imagination, because that's how he animates the divine agenda is through your imagination. You'll never be anything you don't imagine you could be. So most battles go on in your life are over your imagination. Oh, God, help me. Why? Because that's where worlds are created. Be practical about your ambitions. Somebody shout practical. Be practical about your ambitions. Y'all got, y'all got that? Some of us imagine that things that are going to take longer are going to happen in a much shorter time. Now, you need to be practical about that. Right? And let it do what it do. Your job is to take the step. Right? Some plant, some water. Who makes things grow? Say God makes it grow. See that? So I will be anxious for what? Nothing. I'll be anxious for nothing. It's not my job. Y'all never heard me talking about, all right, come on, leadership team. We're going to grow the church. Have we ever had that conversation? Never. Why? I ain't trying to grow the church. At all. Hello, somebody. Some people, I'm like, we full. We ain't taking no more. <laughs> no. We done. We full. <laughs> Number next. Tell somebody, don't exaggerate your issues. Oh, God. Y'all see, I'm going through so much warfare. No, you need sleep. 
you need a good night rest. Hello. It's called, you call it, you call it spiritual warfare and sleep deprivation. Somebody tell quit exaggerating. Y'all got that? Number next, work at work. <laughs> oh my God. You know, your, your, your conscience needs to know you've done what you should. Please hear what I'm telling you. Your conscience needs to know you've done what you should. And when you know you manage to give those people one hour worth of work and they paid you for eight? Some of you ain't gonna be good with that. So your conscience need to know that you've done the right thing. Y'all got that? Number next, play at play. Play at play. When it's time to play, don't work. It's like, I'm like, you won't do your work at work, then we supposed to be having fun, you over there checking emails. Everything has to have a proper space and time in order for us to endeavor to be healthy and balanced and whole, isn't that right? Now this is the most prophetic information I can give to you up and coming people that are in the Lord. Get a life, listen, get you a life. Get a life. Tell somebody, get a life. I was meeting with a new couple the other day, brand new married, right? And uh, actually, no, they're a premarital couple, right? And so they already, we're talking about conversation, right? And I've said to them something that they shocked them at first. I said, now you know that uh, this fella is never going to be able to meet all of your conversational needs, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to tell you like I told my wife. When I say something about something, that's all I'm going to say about it. I ain't going to keep saying the same thing to you about this. Get you some friends so y'all can keep talking about this all night long. Get, get you some girlfriends so y'all can keep going around the mulberry bush over this. I'm a guy. I am not going to be doing that with you. You need some friends. Hello. You need some friends. You need some estrogen around you. Only so much testosterone can take. Y'all got that? Now, another thing you need to understand, right? You need to understand that if you are a emotional conversationalist, right? You aggravate yourself because you're dealing with people whose conversation is transactional. Some of us are very transactional in our conversation. Here's how it goes. Yes, no, all right? That's it, transactional, right? <laughs> so if you know you're more of an emotional conversationalist, meaning that you like to have people that go on a journey with you in a conversation, find you some friends, because some of us are never gonna be doing all that with you. Get a life. Hello, get a life. 
And if you really have a life, then whatever life you have should be committed to your wholeness and you being a healthy person. And it should never look like, other than Jesus, you should never need one person for everything you need. Y'all not hear what you said. You putting too much on a spouse because you're putting them at lordship level. You putting them on, it's, it's becoming idolatry now. That makes sense? Now you know what? And I'm gonna tell you something. The other day I was premarital, right? The guy is more an emotional communicator and the girl is transactional. I'm over here agreeing with her. Like, why you, why you need all that? She told me, she asked, and I would say something, right? And he's like, he's like, this got it totally wrong. She like, that ain't what he said. He said, she got it because it was transactional. Bro, I ain't feeling nothing about this conversation. I'm giving you an answer. I don't want a journey. I want an answer. Somebody shout, it's just different. Now, you know what? You love it when it keeps your bills paid. Find your way. Ask somebody, what is catharsis for you? What do you do that makes you feel like you're taking care of yourself? What do you do that makes you feel like you've been good to you? You've been good to everybody else. What do you do that makes you feel like you've been? Listen to me. If you better know that if I've done too much for people, I'm going to find some stuff to do for me. Like, we got to balance this out. I've been too good to people. Let me go to the right. And when I go, I'm not looking at a price. I'm feeling, what do I like? See that? Balancing this thing out. I, look, this is a true story. I have to feel like I'm doing something good for me if I'm being this good to you. Yeah. That's true. Balancing it out. Y'all understand that? Balancing it out. All right. I think I'm done. Oh, no, I'm not. So using your influence to build other leaders. All right? Somebody shout, you're responsible to build other leaders. How do I do that? Model the behavior that you expect of others. Ask somebody, are you doing that? Ask somebody, do you do everything you expect other leaders to do? Some of y'all, especially y'all that are critical, I know you ain't said nothing to nobody. Ask somebody, are you doing everything that you expect other leaders to do? Look at your little critical self. I noticed the critical people ain't said nothing to nobody. Are you doing everything that you expect other leaders to do? Are you a perfect example of what you keep emphasizing? If you're not, shut up and grow. Tell somebody, you got one person to get right with God. Oh, come on, tell somebody, you got one person to get, you got one person to get right with God, and that's you. Right or right? Nothing will demotivate others quicker than seeing that your standards for them are higher than your standards for you. That. And then when you realize that people are demotivated by your leadership, 
then you want to criticize. If a papa asks you, you don't do it. Oh. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe. Because they see me doing what I ask them to do. Maybe. Just saying maybe. Tell somebody, don't deflect the conversation from your growth. Come on, tell somebody, don't deflect the conversation from your growth. Don't deflect the conversation from your growth. You have to get better at this. Isn't that right? Kill the small foxes. Create environments. Wherever you are, your meeting, your small group, your praise team rehearsal, your choir rehearsal, your ushers meeting, whatever it is. Create an environment where issues are dealt with quickly and anarchy is never tolerated. <laughs> Kill the small foxes. Allow discussion but never tolerate division. When you realize that somebody's being divisive, call it out. You are being divisive. We have already given you a cure and you still have words. You are being divisive. Call it out where you see it. Avoid having favorites. You will undermine the morale of your team if you have favorites. So kill the small foxes. Number next, develop others. Never cease training. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, as a leader, somebody shout, as a leader, I'm a trainer. So never cease training, encouragement, development, and, and intellectually supporting those who are around you. Next month is 22 years doing this. Isn't that right? Yes. And yet, <laughs> this, this is next month. Next month is already here. 22 years developing you. And here I am still developing you. Y'all get that? Tell me, that's what it looks like. Now, that's what, that's what you're expected to do, right? Make sure you never cease training, encouraging, developing, intellectually supporting those who are around you. Help others to grow past codependencies. Oh, my God. Hello. It should, not, it should not delight you that people need you too much. That should concern you. And the need for crutches. Develop others to become initiative takers. That makes sense? Oh, I feel this out for you. That's my responsibility. Oh, Lord, you, you, oh, goodness. None worse than when ego is running the department. You kill initiative takers, right? That means you're not committed to their growth. Why would you get upset about somebody helping you with something that's needful for your area? Somebody shout, that's ego running the show. Edging God out. That's what ego does. Edges God out. You ought to want to see other people grow around you. Isn't that right? You ought to want to see people evolve. But they won't if everything depends upon you. Think about this ministry. Think about how much we do that doesn't depend on me. Does that make sense? That's on purpose. That's not by accident. All right? Curate cultures of accountability. Curate cultures of accountability. Don't smile at sin on your team. You understand that? Don't smile at it. Listen, my John, call it out. Oh, speak the truth where? In love. In love. But but speak. Got that? Are oh, you judging people? No, you're deflecting from the conversation at hand. 
Y'all got that? You want to sing and sin and they don't go together. Lovingly confront erring contemporaries. Lovingly correct. Erring, lovingly correct. Erring contemporaries. Y'all got that? Lovingly. Endeavor to keep one another from going astray. Yeah. Remember I told you last time we met, the conversation for people that are going astray is it starts with how are you, not where were you. Y'all remember that? Somebody shout, how are you? I want you to practice on your neighbor. Say neighbor. How are you? See, that's the conversation started. Not where were you because you messing up our team. We had it all counted out. Now, nah. how are you? Not where were you? Love the brotherhood, support the vision. Y'all got that? The end. Anybody have any questions? Any comments? Anybody get anything out of this today? If you're going to grow, you have to intend to grow. If you're going to grow, you have to be deliberate about growth. If you're going to grow, you have to prioritize growth. Does that make sense? I want to be used by God. Say it with me. I want to be used by God. But I also want to live to be used by God. 